I can put my hand on my heart and say I would not be here today if I did not do a psychedelic retreat. And I got the taste of it in doing Magic Mushroom. And I knew there was, I was like, oh, this just feels good. Hello, my name is Daniel O'Shaughnessy and welcome to the Lessons from Psychedelics podcast, where I share tools and stories of introspection. My goal of this podcast is to challenge your thought patterns, your beliefs and your feelings to help you move away from self-hate and destructive relationships, to empower you and to live a more fulfilling life. I've overcome steroid addiction, suicidal thoughts, body dysmorphia, and a lot of childhood trauma using a combination of therapy and psychedelics. And so I want to begin with sharing my story, how I came to be here now, um, and how to forgive others, and, and let go of my lifelong trauma, and more importantly, how I came to forgive myself. All I've really known is self-hate. I think I only started getting comfortable with who I am in my 36th year. I just felt different, and I just kept trying to fit in. And as much as I kept trying to fit in for being different, I kept getting rejected, and deep down I knew this. I had this burning feeling of it wasn't who I really was. I'm quite experimental. Uh, you name it, I've probably tried it either to better myself or to numb the feelings of self-hate and uh, rejection uh, I get from being a gay man. I think you could say a lot of us are all walking around with our walls up, ready to defend ourselves. And that's what I was doing just for being who I was. Um, looking back on my childhood, there was a lot going on and I think people realized that I was gay even before I realized it. I was severely overweight. And uh, so being overweight, gay, and having ginger hair, neither of those were accepted at school. And so my life was just a con real confusing hell. And I was just anxious the whole time. Um, and it was just, I couldn't understand why everyone was just so against me just for being me. So I felt that most of my youth was lost. I was a complete loner and I'd rather just be alone. And every time I tried to fit in school, I was just, you know, bullied or... So I ended up isolating myself. I remember also being so nervous in school. Um, the first day I had to do an aptitude test to see what level you'd be put in the class. And the teacher just turned around to me and said, you're not very clever, are you? That has stuck with me. Even now I get triggers of that thought that I'm not very clever and I have to push past it to be able to, I have to do a lot of self-soothing. That stuck with me most of my adult life and I just gave up. I got mediocre grades. I think the saving grace was like finding the internet. And back then we had very slow, like 28.8 dial-up speeds where it took like two minutes to download like some soft porn or whatever it is. Um, but also I found a way to com communicate with others in the same situation as me. So it gave me some sort of outlet in what I was doing. In terms of my family, my father was largely absent. He had an ego to match Trump. And I think with that, he was a very successful businessman, but he lost it all. And to add to that multiple affairs, alcoholism, what that led to was... Uh, my mother managing, having to deal with a lot, lot of that and put out the fires. So 
I, we were quite neglected as children. I have one brother from my mother and father's marriage, and he also is gay. He came out at 17, and that was a time when my mum said to me, you have to get married now and have kids. And I just remember this distinct like, feeling like, oh God, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm different and I'm not, some, I'm not what people want me to be. This made me like feel more rejected and more f- stuck in my own head and more isolated. I eventually came out when I was 20 after just being really like I couldn't cope anymore. And that was the time when my mother turned around to me and said, why are you doing this to me now? The boiler's broken down. And, you know, when it just is someone, when someone just takes like, says something completely different than what you're expecting. I was expecting to be accepted or rejected, but I got a really discombobulating message from it, which was just like, and I don't understand what, you know, uh, even till this day, how my body was going through. I wasn't even aware of my body processes as I was saying what was going on. As I came out, I started to get a bit more confident and meeting people in the community. I moved to London and I began working as a drug addiction counsellor. And that was, I loved this job initially, it was helping people. But as with all charities, the funding is always an issue. And that then led to it all becoming about statistics. Working in that job, I managed to see the power of nutrition, even just by making a meal for someone coming in to the service and helping their day. So this led me to becoming a bit more interested in nutrition. And on top of this, I had digestive concerns, skin concerns, and I was training more at the gym. So I, naturally, I was starting to, to research nutrition. This led me to study nutrition uh, for three years. And so eventually I changed career and become a nutritionist uh, who practices functional medicine. On the whole, life was seems to be I had some sort of ambition, but it also was swallowing me up a bit. I, the party scene was swallowing me up. Um, I became conscious about the way I looked a bit too much. And I would just live for the weekend. I had, I had a fair few relationships, but none of them worked. Um, at the time, I didn't understand why. But ultimately, it was because I didn't love myself. I wasn't even the conscious that in fact I had to, perhaps from my trauma or chaotic family history. I just never really had an anchor of security. So naturally, I was always anxious in relationships. I did things I didn't really want to do just to either please my partner or fit in. I experimented with drugs. I took anabolic steroids. All this is just to be accepted. And there is a distinct degree of body dysmorphia that I had which I didn't know back then it was body dysmorphia. I was just numbingly and doing things to be able to be accepted for just who I was. But it wasn't who I was. It was someone I was putting a mask on. I was ignoring all the side effects of the steroids and the come downs from the drugs at the weekends and how I felt bad. And I was just making excuses. Along Side of this, I was working on a smoke and mirrors philosophy where everything was looking like it was fine. I finished nutrition school, was working in a company that I had with my brother. The company actually became very successful and we were winning awards, bringing affluent people, individuals from around the world. But after a few years, the relationship between my brother and I started to crack. And so that led to me exiting the business and I was forced out of the company. I was left with, left with nothing. For me, I just felt I had another layer of rejection where I thought my brother was 
was an anchor of security. He was, he was, we were very close. He was gay as well. He got me. It just didn't work. Um, in 2017, I left the company and I was suicidal and I was just doing anything I could to get by in the world, numb feelings of self-hate and like I, you name it, I did it. And it wasn't necessarily, I think I would do things to try and punish myself because I just really hated myself. Um, but I still wasn't aware I hated myself. And so I've been in situations knowing that they weren't good for me, but, and my body was like super, super anxious, but I wasn't listening to it. I think going about my day lifeless and numb was a very, and pretending everything was fine, was a very familiar childhood feeling for me. So I was able to do it really well. On the surface, I wanted to kill myself pretty much every day. Um, but I pulled myself out of it. And this is why I'm here. I'm very, very lucky to have found an amazing therapist who set me on the path of self-love. And one of the first things he said to me was, start checking into your body about how you're feeling in certain situations. I would be going to my partner's house, knowing that this partner wasn't good for me, super, super anxious in the car there. I could feel almost having like panic attack and just ignoring my body. My body was telling me about a dangerous situation before I even was in it. If I was going to a party where I knew I would most likely be in a competitive environment, I was anxious. I didn't have to be putting myself into that environment, but I was. I did it knowingly, but unconsciously. It was just destroying my mental health. Um, so I'm forever indebted to this thera my therapist, and I still see him to this day, putting me on this road to self-love. And I think that initially this cleared the clouds and it enabled me to think, right, what do I do for a living? I'm, I'm, I'm working as a nutritionist here. I want to write a book that helps. And I'm very I'm knowledgeable about certain aspects of the diet and lifestyle that are applicable to the LGBTQ plus community. So I wrote a book to help. After writing this book, there were still uh, things going on with me. I still wasn't completely there. I still had quite deep traumas that I didn't want to bring myself to even approach. And I think I kept them in nice little compartments in my brain. I had a lot going on. And I think a friend suggested to me that they benefited from doing magic mushrooms. And I just like poo-pooed it initially. I thought this guy was like crazy. And in the end I decided, okay, I'll give it a go. But my actual thoughts and I said to him, I don't want to do that because I'm going to cry. And I think that was one of the first times I actually checked in with myself and thought, why am I saying this? And I think I was just putting this, I was trying to control the situation and I didn't want to let go. I was so protective of the layers of security that I built. I didn't understand forgiveness. I didn't want to get into a point where I had to work on myself because I knew it would be painful and feeling pain would be one of the most painful things I would ever have to experience because I've never let myself feel it before. Psychedelics have completely changed my life, my thinking. I have a profound respect for plant medicine and I call it medicine. Psychedelics are medicine. Now, of course, you have to do them in safe and legal settings and be supervised. And I can put my hand on my heart and say, I would not be here today if I did not do a psychedelic retreat.
and I got the taste of it in doing magic mushrooms. And I knew there was, I was like, oh, this just feels good. And I remembered in the situation, just crying my eyes out and just seeing all this beautiful geometry and crying and, and feeling, just finally feeling what love feels like and forgiving, forgiving myself. And I want to do more episodes focusing on what the actual experience of doing those were. But ultimately, I just came out being like totally forgiving of others and forgiving of myself for also putting myself in those situations. Um, I've been back a few times and I actually also did ayahuasca. And ayahuasca is a little bit different to mushrooms, but what you do is you go through this spiritual washing machine and like a clean my Mac piece of software where I went to the edge of ego death and beyond. And you just have more forgiveness for yourself. Now you need the combination of therapy and psychedelics for the integration and to really take the lessons. What I'm teaching you in these podcasts is the fact, the lessons from psychedelics. This means that you don't need to necessarily go on all these plant medicine retreats and take psychedelics yourself. But I just want to make you think. Think about your actions. Think about why you think the way you do. And perhaps change that narrative in your brain from self-hate to self-love. The Japanese, they have a term called kintsugi. It's a metaphor and essentially it means rebuilding with gold. You wouldn't be here today without having gone through what you've gone through. Sometimes the best thing that happens to you is disguised as the worst thing that happens to you. That was what the case was with me. As a result of all this work, I don't have suicidal thoughts anymore. I love myself. And I can say that with conviction. Self-love is a daily practice. I quite happily work on myself daily. And you should too. It's a journey and you should embrace it. And it's, it's very beautiful when you just start to learn to forgive and let go of your trauma, maybe even let go of a bit of control and start living your life in a more fulfilling way. Um, you'll have to do a lot of self-soothing and there'll be things that come up and um, that you may have, like life gets in the way, it throws you curveballs. Life can be very beautiful and you can get to know the kind of meaning of life when you don't hold on to so much trauma. I don't need or feel that I want to take steroids anymore. I do have days when I think, oh, my body isn't good enough. I, there are days when I don't think I'm good enough. I'm fueled with imposter syndrome, but I'm just aware of these thoughts now and I don't necessarily give them as much weight as I used to. I recognize when I looked in the mirror and I didn't like what I saw, like most of us have issues with, um, that the immediate thought pattern for me was steroids are the answer. This will make me feel better. What psychedelics did was they retuned my brain into checking in with myself a lot more and to unpick why I'm thinking the way I'm doing, to frame things in a different light so I'm not necessarily having these negative thought patterns as, I, as they do. When I do, I'm able to self-soothe and also see other options. Maybe instead of doing steroids or other numbing experiences, I'm thinking, what's going to calm my mind from having these thoughts? So maybe I'm meditating or doing yoga or other self 
um, help, help practices. I think it's also not becoming addicted to your thoughts, but also being in harmony with your thoughts. You're always allowing yourself to have these negative thoughts if you want to have them, rather than getting angry at yourself for having these negative thoughts. It's okay. You're only human. We all struggle with body dysmorphia. We all live in a society where there's humongous pressure to look our best. Social media is throwing uh, content at us to make us feel we're not good enough. And it's about stepping away from all of that and reevaluating what's right for you. And that's what psychedelics did for me. They completely changed my life. And they work also in a... That psychedelics work in a, more ways than logic can describe. And they just add, like, charge to my battery that I'm able to, I feel good, I feel happy. And, the, and I'm, more importantly, at peace. Peace is the thing that you should be searching for. Peace is more important to you than anything. Peace is more better than happiness. If you're peaceful, you're happy. Thanks again for tuning in. If you know someone that would benefit from this episode, please share it with them and subscribe. Thank you. <laughs>